The question is asked if a person is able to rely on a video camera to fulfill certain types of mitzvahs, which generally require a person to see, uh, see the thing with his eyes. So uh, some of them are mitzvahs from the Torah and some are, are not mitzvahs from the Torah. So let's talk about, um, for example, Kiddush Levana. So uh, today we have the we have a uh, we, we we on the Motzi Shabbos generally you know on the, when the new moon comes out we go outside and we make a bracha and of course you have to see the moon right as the Shulchanach in chapter four hundred and twenty six in Orachaim says Haroya Lavana Bechidusha right when you see the moon in its new cycle you say the bracha Sher Bemara Barashachakim you say a whole bracha it's printed in the Siddur. And then the question is, how much of it do you need to see? So the Ramah immediately says, right? He says, you cannot make the, this Kiddush Levana if it's during the daytime, even if you see the moon. You have to see it when it's shining, and that's specifically going to be at nighttime, and that you can have Hana, you can benefit from the light of the moon. Okay, so therefore, that's why it won't work during the daytime. So the question comes up often is that if the moon... You see it, but uh, it's covered with clouds. Is that it considered enough to be able to do Kedush Levana? So the Mishra Brewer brings right away that it depends if you can still see the moon shining th- uh, in a way that you can benefit from the light. If the, if the cloud is still very thin, dak the kolush, and you can see the moon, and you can have benefit from the light... So usually the shot is that you could see it shining on the reflecting on the ground. Okay, so then you would be able to make the bracha for Kiddush Levana. But if the cloud is a bit thick, av right thick, you don't make the bracha. Okay, and then here the Mishabura goes on uh, to say that the same law would apply also if you had maybe a curtain or some sort of other, uh, uh, item that was somewhat blocking the light. If uh, that would be considered. Um, you know, if it's very thin and the light usually is trans, it goes right through it, so then you could make the bracha, and if it would be thicker then it would affect the light, then you can't make the bracha. Of course, it's, it's, it goes without saying that we, we would not, you know, it's, it's you don't want to have any type of cloud or anything blocking whatsoever, but uh, be it as it may, it would be allowed to make the bracha if it's a very thin cloud. Sometimes, you know, also if you wait too long, you might... You get cloudier and it'll be too hard to do it all together. Okay, so now the question is, interesting question was asked by the Birke Yosef. The Birke Yosef, from the Chida, Choshen Mishpat, chapter 35, the Shulchan Aruch there is talking about different people who are invalid as uh, witnesses, like if this person is a katan, for example, uh, a minor or a cherish, a deaf mute, etc. And it also talks about a suma. A suma is a a blind person with both eyes. So those people are in, they cannot test. And there are other types of people who are not valid as witnesses, but uh, we'll focus on the blind person. So the, so the reason a blind person is possible, the Shulchan says, because it says in the Pasukim about testimony, it says, O Ra'ah, that he heard or he saw. So he has to have seen the testimony. He has to have been able to see something. If he's blind, he's unable to see. So that, in, that, in, that will automatically invalidate the witness. And therefore, this is brought down by the Birke Yosef the following question. He says, let's say witnesses saw a matter. They saw someone over Avera betoich mashinitzar b'mar zechuchis. Right? So they saw someone do an Avera, which would require that they would need to have maybe testified that they could say the person did some whatever 
uh, act it was, but they didn't see directly. They were looking at a mirror, and the mirror reflection, they saw everything they saw. So the question is, if they are able to testify based on what they saw from a reflection from a mirror. And the Berke Yosef quotes from the Hilchas Katanis, the, one of the poskim who, who brings a question similar to this, and he says that when it comes to Kiddush HaChodesh, now again, don't confuse with Kiddush Levan. Kiddush Levan is what we do today. We, we, you know, we go outside and we make the blessing. Kiddush HaChodesh is the sanctification of the moon, which was done until uh, you know, a, couple, uh, a couple hundred years after the Common Era, where we were still doing sanctifying the moon and going to the Sanhedrin and testifying and having the Sanhedrin Mekadosh the month. Uh, the moon, for the, so we could have a set calendar, so we would be able to know which, which day is Rosh Chodesh. Today we have already a set calendar from Hillel II. So he says over there, so based, on, based on the Gemara, the, uh, in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Chavdalit, it's a Bryce over there, and it brings down that if they, people saw, let's say, the moon reflecting, they saw it a little bit in the water, or they saw a reflection from the water or from an asasis. Asasis is some sort of lantern. The other one interpretation is that they saw through the lantern like a glass reflective piece on the, like a window type of thing they saw the moon, or maybe they saw it um, reflecting off of the lantern. There's Rashi Ridfa, different commentators on that piece. So it's, uh, the Gemara there says that you can't testify based on that. We wouldn't accept the, te- the Edus. And the reason we wouldn't accept the testimony is because you need to see um, oh, Pashtus because it's not considered a, a valid Riyadh. It's not considered a valid seeing. Because these witnesses would then go to the Sanhedrin and they would, they would based in, they would testify. And they have to testify that they saw. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu was given the instruction, Kadesh, like this, Hashem was showing him. Like the way it looks now, however, Hashem showed him, the, you have to make Kaddish like that. So the you know, idea is that they need to see it. So here they didn't see, they're not seeing it directly, the moon. They're looking on a reflection of something and therefore it's no good. So based on that, and the, and, and the Rambam in Perik Beis of Kilchas Kiddush HaChodesh, right? The Rambam goes on and he brings this Gemara that we quoted and he explains why is it not good? Because the Rambam says, Ein zu ria. This is not a Ri'ia which the Torah refers to when it says uh, Ri'ia means seeing. This is not considered a valid seeing when it, when it talks about how we have to see the moon. This is not considered, it's, yeah, we're seeing something, but this is not what the Torah qualifies as a kosher seeing, you know? And therefore... He says, seemingly the same idea should then apply over here. If the witnesses, in the case where they saw someone do an Avera, some sort of thing that they need, to, uh, a sin, they need to testify and based in, if they didn't see with their eyes, they shouldn't be able to testify. And then the Berke Yosef says, but maybe here it's different, that the witnesses would be allowed to testify when they saw her through the mirror, because it's not like in the case of Kiddush HaChodesh, uh, on the moon, maybe maybe they got confused with something else. After all, the Gemara itself there brings a case of where if witnesses were looked in the sky, they think they saw the moon, but they weren't intending to testify. And they look again, they don't see it anymore. They're not allowed to testify. The Gemara says maybe because they saw clouds which looked like a moon or, or something else. So there is also that concern that maybe by the moon, there's more uh, of, a, of a point of the need of having absolute certainty, which can only be done through seeing the item, the moon itself without any other means. Maybe that would not apply when 
you know, you, you saw someone through a mirror, as the Birkiyosa says, uh, doing some transgression, where that would be pretty much clear to them that they know who the person is, they, they saw, I and mean, there's no way that they would play some illusion, the mirror would, uh, they, they didn't get the story correctly. So in any case, he, he seems to be that he doesn't come to a clear-cut conclusion on this matter, and he says, indeed, it, the, the matter would be a bit of a doubt as to what would be the law in this case. In a previous recording, I discussed about the importance that when witnesses are uh, coming to, that if a person wants to admit on some obligation that he has, be it his money or something that he owes money to someone, he, he, he can, if he admits in front of the, the person alone, that's not enough. You'd have to admit in front of two witnesses. And that person needs to know that he is admitting. Right? So therefore, we brought in a previous recording from Shulchan Aruch, chapter 81, Cheshen Mishpat, based on a Sif, uh, based on Sif Yud Gimel, a guy who hid witnesses. And he says, if there are witnesses present, and they uh, it, it may be hiding somewhere, would you, and you, would you be willing to admit? Yeah, he's willing to admit. And they hear, indeed, they could testify against him. But the question was, at, they, those witnesses would have had to also seen him. The question that we discussed in the past was a big argument between the Ktsois and the Nesivas and the Pischet Shuva, if it would be enough if they only heard with recognizing the guy's voice without seeing him. And uh, we discussed that there's a difference between if it's money matters or if it is Isurim, um, things that are not allowed. And the question is if somebody tells you it is allowed or isn't allowed, but you don't see it, can you rely on it, etc. And the conclusion, I think, that probably is the more popular path of the poskim is that of the Pischei Tshuva, which basically says that, you know, we can't rely solely on evidence just on recognizing voices when sometimes we, you know, we need to see also, but sometimes we can use other things to combine them to make, to remove all doubt, and then that would be enough. He brings the example with Yaakov, who wasn't able to see, and he's hearing a voice, and he has a little bit of doubt if it's Yaakov or Esau. He says, let me feel it, and that will give me more of a, <laughs> an idea. But um, it's an argument in practice, what is, would be enough. But that's, again, about admitting in, admitting in, uh, admitting in front of witnesses. When the Torah says that the witnesses, oh, ra'ah, that they saw, so yeah, if they were blind, they wouldn't be able to testify. But maybe it would be enough if they didn't see, but they just recognized the voice, that's an argument in the postscript. Okay, well, let's conclude with some other points I think would be interesting. Um, so, to do Kiddush Lavana with a reflection of a mirror would not be acceptable, because the Gemara itself is so stringent when it talks about uh, uh, Kiddush Lavana, I'm a Kiddush Achaydish, and we would imagine for Kiddush Lavana, if we're doing it, we got to do it right. So you wouldn't be allowed to look through other methods and mirrors. Obviously not a video camera, which is not even a reflection. It's a totally different entity altogether. Uh, it's, it's copying the, the picture and it does a very good illusion of it, but it's definitely not the thing itself. There's a question and it's brought in the Sefer called Derech uh, Atarim, where they ask the question, if a person gave Kedushin, he gave a ring or he gave money or Kesef or money for Kedushin to a woman, but there was no witnesses who could see. So we know that Kedushin is ineffective if there's not witnesses. But if it was just him and her and no one was there, that would not be a Kedushin per se by that act. You have to have witnesses. Some are stringent. One witness might be enough. But uh, so if he gave Kedushin and, and the Kedushin was in front of two people who saw live on a video uh, thing, can we consider that as a pos- potential kiddushin, which she's considered married? 
and uh, it's a big argument. And if we are to be stringent, obviously that would be to follow some stringent approach. There are some opinions that say maybe by Kedushin it's enough to have Yediya, knowledge, even without Re'iya, although mainstream, most poskim do not accept that approach. But it could be that out of doubt one would want to be stringent in such a case. But it seems to be an argument. I'll finish off with a topic on Chalav Yisrael, milk that uh, a Jew needs to see in order to, uh, milk to, uh, to, needs to see the milk in order to ensure that it was not mixed with other milk from other non-kosher animals. It's brought in the Shulchan Aruch, it's a gezerah that the rabbis had required that when you have a cow milking of an animal, you have to have a Jew in that vicinity to see to ensure that everything is not mixed with anything else. And the question is, what if the mashkiach is only seeing it through a video, would that be enough? And maybe in cases of far out places, it would be a good idea. But uh, it's an argument. It's been a long discussed argument in the post game. But the idea is, is that there are opinions that want to say that by Chalav Yisrael, by, by, by milk, that is to define it as Chalav Yisrael, it's not enough that you have absolute knowledge that nothing else was mixed in it, because then maybe you could do a lab test or something like that. The Chassam Seifer, for example, is of the opinion. This says you cannot check, you know, even if you have absolute knowledge, it's not enough. You had to have a Jew in the vicinity. There's the Chach Masadim and others who I think, the Chach Masadim is a more lenient approach, which says if you had absolute knowledge that nothing else was mixed in, you could rely on that alone. And uh, so the question is, would video cameras suffice? Well, first of all, video cameras, as many posts can point out, would be very difficult to, uh, to be able to do that because even if you're watching the cows, how the milk is coming, how do you know something wasn't switched, how do you know something wasn't put in before, how do you know there's some um, other angle where there's other milk? And so it would be extremely difficult even to, to practically really have absolute certainty as if you were to have someone on the field. But many poskim also bring the jike from this rule from the Chassam Seifer. Maybe it's not, uh, maybe there's a din of Re'iyah Chazal required that you have to have seen. Um, um, and even if that is a stringent approach in this matter, it would be highly questionable how to ascertain that there could be no mixing or, or the like without someone being on the field. But, but bottom line, what we see from all of these cases that there are some cases which require absolute Re'iyah, absolute, uh, you need to see the thing. And in that case, all would agree that would not be enough to see it through a reflection. And some cases, it seems that the main idea is that we need to have knowledge of the thing. And then sometimes then we could combine other doubts or other pieces of information together with some maybe video or some sort of reflection that, that would be enough to suffice with the uh, ascertaining the knowledge we need in order to consider you know, the, 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 to do the mitzvah or a bracha or ascertain the matter. And everything needs to be understood in its own context. Okay.